0: John Out Sports Day in the D, July 12, 2014. This is the homecoming edition of LeBron James, the return of the King to Cleveland. Thank you for sticking back in from the break. We're going to get into some LeBron news now. You guys have already heard, but he's officially made his return back into Cleveland, and there's plenty of ways that you can go ahead and break this down. And I figure the best way to start to do this is to just give you a little bit of the history. As far as the shout engine stuff that you hear on Sports Day in the D, if you want to hear... All the interview, the LeBron James All Star interview when he was in Miami when it was narrated by Steve Smith. Go ahead, I got the sound clips in there. It's all there in there for you in the history. You can go ahead and take a listen to all of that because I don't need to reiterate and rehash everything. I'm sure everybody knows about a lot of stuff about LeBron James, but that's all there for you. In terms of that game where he also scored the 61 points to break the record for the Miami Heat, that's also there for you to listen to. So a lot of LeBron audio is there, but I wanted to just get to a few things. Talk about a little bit of the stats that he's going to be eclipsing, and then also talk about the letter the first way, and then we're going to get into some sound and all of that. I think that's a good way to get into LeBron. So as you guys have already known, we've broken this down many times, LeBron James is a very special player. He's a two-time NBA champion, a two-time playoff MVP, a four-time MVP during the regular season. And you guys could argue maybe if Derrick Rose didn't win one of those MVPs, LeBron James could have won it for a fifth time. And maybe that has something to do with voter fatigue, and that's not a reason why he's a fifth-time MVP. But four, four MVP regular seasons pretty good for LeBron James anyway to go with two playoff MVPs and two championships. He's a 10-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA First Team, a five-time All-NBA Defensive Team, Rookie of the Year, Scoring Champion, and an Olympic Gold Medalist, and When he left the Cavs, and he still is now, he was the Cavs' all-time leading scorer, and now he's making his return. As you know with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the best he was able to do was make it to the finals in uh, 2007 before losing to the Spurs, but the thing is for that is that LeBron James didn't get a lot of help at that time. LeBron was also going to be, at the very least in this season, the top 25 spot for the NBA's all-time scoring list. He needs to eclipse 23,190 points and possibly more because Vince Carter had signed a three-year deal with the Memphis Grizzlies. So Vince Carter is still playing, but possibly LeBron James obviously is going to get past 25 and continue to go forward as the next season progresses. So let's get into it a little bit. LeBron James, before we talk about all the other things with Cleveland, Let's bring in this letter here, because I think the letter is the most important part in terms of LeBron James' growth and maturity in his return back into Cleveland. If you guys didn't hear this, this was on uh, Sports Illustrated on one of the websites that was broken down. I got this letter here for me. So said this is cre- credit to uh, S.I. and Lee Jenkins. This is uh, LeBron James word for word. He said, before anyone ever cared where I would play basketball, I was a kid from northeast Ohio. It's where I walked, it's where I ran, and it's where I cried. It's where I bled. It holds a special place in my heart. People there have seen me grow up. I sometimes feel like I'm their son. Their passion can be overwhelming, but it drives me. I want to give them hope when I can. I want to inspire them when I can. My relationship with Northeast Ohio is bigger than basketball. I didn't realize that four years ago. I do now. Remember when I was sitting up there at the Boys and Girls Club in 2010? I was thinking, this is really tough. I could feel it. I was leaving something I had spent a long time creating. If I had to do it all over again, I'd obviously do things differently. But I'd still have left. Miami? For me, has almost been like a college for other kids. These past four years helped raise me into who I am. I became a better player and a better man. I learned from a franchise that had been where I wanted to go. I always think of Miami as my second home. Without the experiences I had there, I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing today. I went to Miami because of Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. We made sacrifices to keep Udonis Haslam. I always loved becoming a big brother to Mario Chalmers. I believe we could do something magical if we came together, and that's exactly what we did. The hardest thing to leave is what I built with those guys. I've talked to some of them, and I will talk to others. Nothing will ever change what we've accomplished. We are brothers for life. I also want to thank Mickey Arison and Pat Riley for giving me an amazing four years. I'm doing this essay because I want an opportunity to explain myself uninterrupted. I don't want anyone thinking he and Eric Spolster didn't get along, he and Pat Riley didn't get along, that he couldn't put the right team together. That's absolutely not true. I'm not having a press conference or a party. After this, it's time to get to work. When I left Cleveland, I was on a mission. I was seeking championships, and we won two. But Miami already knew that feeling. Our city hasn't had that feeling in a long, long, long time. My goal is still to win as many titles as possible, no question. But what's most important for me is bringing one trophy back to Northeast Ohio. I always believed that I would return to Cleveland and finish my career there. I just didn't know when. After the season, free agency wasn't even a thought. But I have two boys, and my wife. Savannah is pregnant with a girl. I started thinking about what it would be like to raise my family in my hometown. I looked at other teams, but I wasn't going to leave Miami for anywhere except Cleveland. The more time passed, the more it felt right. This is what makes me happy. To make the move, I needed the support of my wife and my mom, who can be very tough. This letter from Dan Gilbert, the booing of the Cleveland fans, the jerseys being burned. Seeing all that was hard for them. My emotions were more mixed. It's easy to say, okay, I don't want to deal with those people ever again. But when you think about the other side, what if I were a kid who looked up to an athlete? And that athlete made me wanted to do better in my own life. And then he left. How would I react? I met with Dan, face to face, man to man. we talked it out everybody makes mistakes and i've made mistakes as well who am i to hold a grudge i'm not promising a championship i know how hard that is to deliver we're not ready right now no way of course i want to win next year but i'm realistic it'll be a long process much longer than it was in two thousand ten my patience will get tested and i know that i'm going into a situation with a young team and a new coach i will be the old head but I will get a thrill out of bringing a group together and helping them reach a place they didn't know they could go. I see myself as a mentor now and I'm excited to lead some of these talented young guys. I think I can help Kyrie Irving become one of the best guards in our league. I think I can help elevate Tristan Thompson and Dion Waiters. And I can't wait to reunite with Anderson Verja, one of my favorite teammates. But this is not about the roster or the organization. I feel my calling here goes above basketball. I have a responsibility to lead in more ways than one. I take that very seriously. My presence can make a difference in Miami, but I think it can mean more where I'm from. I want kids in Northeast Ohio, like the hundreds of Akron third graders I sponsor through my foundation to realize there's no better place to grow up. Maybe some of them will come home after college and start a family or open a business that would make me smile. Our community which has struggled so much needs all the talent it can get. In Northeast Ohio nothing is given. Everything is earned and you work for what you have." And Those are powerful words from LeBron James and as I read to you that letter you may think whether or not LeBron James has actually written that or if his agent has written that. Either way I couldn't care less. In terms of all of that, that's words that LeBron James needed to say. That's evidence to me that LeBron James has grown up. He's learned from all the stuff he did in Miami. He's become a better player in that sense. He's also become a better person. In terms of the basketball skill, he's learned to post up. He's worked better, utilized at that jump shot, nailing three pointers. He knows when to drive the lane, knows when to set up his teammates better. He was already incredibly gifted, but we've seen this guy grow in Miami. Whether or not he is as athletic as he used to be, that's in question. For me, when I've watched him in Miami, I don't think he's lost a step at all. Cleveland is just getting a better player that has already been one of the best two-way players in the NBA. He's just improved his offensive game so much, and he still thrives on the defensive end and cares about it more than his offense that this guy is the complete player in the NBA, and he is the real deal. This is LeBron James, the return of the king. LeBron's new deal in Cleveland is for two years, just over $42 million. This may seem odd to you at the moment, because two years and $42 million is significantly less and significantly different from some of these dominoes that we'll talk about next, coming from the break. When you think about this, this is by design. LeBron James, after the first year, has the option to opt out of Cleveland if he wishes to do so. He's already said to ESPN and some of the other people up there in Cleveland that he has all intents and purposes to stay in Cleveland and finish out his career there. The reason that this contract is set this way is so that he can be set up to make more money. Cleveland is going to be getting a new TV deal very soon, which will then put Cleveland in a better position to get more players, whether or not they get Kevin Love this season, and it also puts him in position to make the most money to be the highest paid player in the NBA today. I think for the appeal in terms of LeBron James in this sense is what he's already done in Miami. He went to the finals four straight years and got two championships out of it. I think Dwayne Wade may be missing about 30 games a season, 25-30 games a season, just with the nicks and bruises and trying to keep him 100%. I think maybe LeBron has figured he's already accomplished as much as he can accomplish in Miami, and it's time to move on, to come back home and to rewrite his legacy there. The appeal may also come from... Three 2015 first-round picks. That's a guaranteed top 10, a possible top 5, and a first-round pick coming from the Chicago Bulls. That's not going to be a very high pick considering where the Bulls are probably going to finish because they're going to be a playoff team with or without Derrick Rose, but still, that's three first-round picks in 2015 to go with the roster that's already there. Whether or not the Cleveland Cavaliers will trade, Andrew Wiggins, that's a possibility to try to get Kevin Love. Whether or not they will trade Anthony Bennett, Dion Waiters, these are all first-round picks. But LeBron James hopefully, in his mind, can play with Andrew Wiggins. They won't have to sacrifice him, and they can find some other package deal where they can keep Vergeau, keep Wiggins. It really doesn't matter what Thompson, in my opinion, or Waiters, but keep Vergeau, keep Wiggins, get Kevin Love, have LeBron there, and they have a workings to be a very strong Eastern Conference team. But you want to get a taste of what LeBron did in Cleveland, and what he's going to bring to Cleveland? Get a taste of this. Welcome home, LeBron James. Cleveland loves you.
1: Rock is out of five. Nice take by Oh my shot. Game over! Overdose! 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 Oh my! There was no way that LeBron was going to be denied. Even the Spurs... Oh, oh. The steal by James. Two on one. Here's McKinnis with a high dribble. See that one coming a mile away, Mark. David Jones, don't you just let McGinnis have the land? James, James. Oh, oh, to Put it down. Oh. <laughs> LeBron James going face wide on the And soaring. Yeah, that gets this crowd going. My goodness. That was unbelievable. Hughes to play it in. About James. LeBron. To the hoop, for the win, he's oh, got it, it. Oh. it's over, the Cavaliers have won it, you can't book this one to the Cavaliers, LeBron James with baseline, and got it to fall for the Cavalier win. James passing on the open shot, and took it Now they switch it. Here's Pierce again. A split screen. Posey will the oh! oh! LeBron James with no record for human life. Power, speed, athleticism. Goes behind the back. And the game is tied at 104. That's too good, right there. This is unbelievable. This is Jordan-esque. Working it down. Five seconds, four, three, James scores! He has scored the last 25 points for Cleveland. This has to be considered one of the great postseason performances of all time. Bo Williams will throw in. Rashard Lewis playing off the ball. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win!
0: Get fired up, Cleveland, because your man is returning home. This is some chance for him to make his new legacy and make his new story, and he's going to do that in a Cleveland Cavs uniform as the boy from Akron, Ohio has grown up, and he's going to try to bring you guys a championship. Hasn't happened in 50 years, but if you're going to look for somebody that's going to be a hope, it's going to be LeBron James, and that's definitely good stuff. In terms of his legacy, he's already one of the best players in the league right now. He's got two championships. He's got a gold medal. A lot of people always say, what's next? Can this team win with LeBron James and Kevin Love, or can they just win by themselves? Cleveland hasn't shown LeBron the chance to get him some of the best players when he was there the first time. He had an overpaid Larry Hughes, a broken-down Shaq, and Mo Williams, and Danielle Marshall were his best pieces in Cleveland, but yet he still took the Cavs to the finals in 07. I think this time, with three first-round picks, a coach that's another rookie head coach in terms of what the Cavs have been, you can automatically guarantee, guarantee him coach of the year in terms of the turnaround that's going to be in Cleveland just by having LeBron James, because Mike Brown was very thankful of that as well. He's going to be coach of the year. The Cavs will be very good. Hopefully they can get Kevin Love and they don't have to get rid of Wiggins or any of that stuff. Try to make that run and do it quickly. Get these picks. Hit it right. This is time for LeBron to go ahead and bring a championship back to Cleveland and do it the right way. He's all grown up. He's built himself into a complete basketball player. He was already really damn good, and now he's ready to make his second stint back in Cleveland, and it's time to build his legacy. Already one of the greatest players to ever play the game. He could cement himself into a top five, a top seven. If he gets a couple more championships, he could already be there. This is time for Cleveland to get excited. This is the return of the king lebron james when we come back in from the break we'll discuss lebron's other moves making other guys sign the impact of the king has also affected everybody else in free agency we'll let you know where some of these other guys have signed and where they're going to next and how these teams might be impacted this is john ott sports day in the d come back in from the break Welcome back into the sports day of the day, it's July 12, 2014. I know we just got done with the LeBron James first part of the segment and I labeled it as Return of the King. That's what I'm calling the show. So for any jackasses out there that think I was just trying to throw a huge man crush out there for LeBron James and welcoming him back into Cleveland and wishing him the best, that's only because I think he's one of the best players in the NBA and we all know that he is. So if you take a look and you open your eyes and you actually see how good this guy is, to be able to have a homecoming story is something that's going to be significant and should be relished in the way of sports. This guy is going to return after all the stuff. He got his championships. He figured out everything that he wanted to do. He's coming back home and he's trying to win one for his hometown team. I think that that's commendable. And before everybody thinks that I'm kissing this guy's ass and wishing him to try to win a championship... Better think again. The only reason why I even say anything about Cleveland now is because that's their best opportunity with these first-round picks. But don't think for a second that I don't realize what Cleveland used to be. Cleveland was just as bad as the Milwaukee Bucks. They couldn't get a single scrap of talent to around put themselves around LeBron James. He was able to get them to the finals by himself. Now, with the rookie head coach, David Blatt, hell, they might as well put David Blaine the Magician in there to coach, because he could disappear himself and find a NBA Coach of the Year award, just because of the amount of return that LeBron is going to give to the city of Cleveland, in terms of the amount of wins that they will get. Will they win a championship? That was one of the things I brought up in the show opening. I sure as hell don't think they're going to win a championship in their first season because if you look at it this way with Wiggins, Bennett, Waiters, they're all rookies. They have no experience at all and by the way, with how good Kyrie Irving is, he's also one of these guys that needs to assert himself and get better, especially on the defensive end. Will a rookie head coach be able to do that? And you say, well, he's had some experience in the Euro Leagues. He's not exactly a rookie. If someone goes ahead and brings that up to me, I should slap them right in the face. Because honestly, this guy is a rookie head coach. LeBron James is the coach of that team. He's going to find a way to make this team competitive, make them pretty good. If they win a championship in their first year, well, then that's all credit to LeBron James and has nothing to do with anybody else on this team. Whether or not they get Kevin Love, I still believe they won't win a title just because of the Oklahoma City Thunders of the world, the Clippers of the world, the Spurs of the world. The Western Conference is such a better brand of basketball LeBron James did not make that move to go back into the Western Conference to try to see whether or not he could thrive in that fast-paced environment. Rather, he's coming back home to do something that not a lot of athletes do. So, there is a little bit of excitement for him coming back home. But don't think for a second to pencil them in into the NBA Finals and win the whole thing. They're going to be a very good team. They're probably going to win a couple of rounds. They might even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's gonna to be tough, even with that first year in Miami having Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch. They weren't able to win in the finals. Imagine how hard it's going to be, even though the Eastern Conference is easier, but imagine how hard it's going to be to get over the hump if they did even get into the finals to beat a Western Conference team when he doesn't nearly have as much help as you think he might. If they get Kevin Love, that might change some things, but there's still a lot of other questions to be talked about in terms of whether or not LeBron James can get his team over the hump now let's get back into the other part that i wanted to bring up in this second segment for the nba and that's the breakdown of all of the moves because i could have done a show last week to be honest to try to do a week to week show but what kind of show would you want to listen to if it was all speculation and there was no solid news there to give to you it would be pretty boring so let me work it to you like this there's been some significant moves that have taken place we all know about the three team trade between the Cavs and the Celtics and the Kings that allowed LeBron James to get there. The Cavs got a second round pick and cleared cap space as the Nets picked up Jared Jack and Sergei Kratsev. The Celtics, I thought, made a killing in this deal, getting peren- well certified score perennial. Big-time scorer in Marcus Thornton, Tyler Zeller, who was a first-round pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers, another one of those guys that they had let go to try to get LeBron James to come in there, as well as moving Jared Jack, who could have been a serviceable backup point guard, still a good player. The Celtics got Marcus Thornton, Tyler Zeller, and a 2016 first-round pick. That's a pretty good haul for the Celtics, considering all they had to do was take on contracts. That probably means that Kevin Love is not going to Boston, but still a good haul for the Boston Celtics. And that was the trade that allowed LeBron James to get into Cleveland to free up some roster space. As far as the rest of these moves, there is some significant ones at that. Carmelo Anthony officially staying home. Staying with New York, working on a five-year deal. It's going to be under the reported $120 million max, but it's going to be the five-year deal. He can make something around 114. million, but Carmelo is going to stay home in New York and buy what Phil Jackson is cooking, buy what he's selling there. Chris Bosh, I thought was the most surprising move, could have been... 1A on most stories, but in terms of LeBron making his homecoming, he had to push the second. But the biggest surprise, in my opinion, of the NBA free agency so far, Chris Bosh signs a five-year deal worth $118 million to stay with the Miami Heat. Chris Bosh is once again going to become the number one guy. He hasn't been the number one guy since he's been in Toronto with Jose Calderon when he made a brief playoff appearance with the Raptors. Now, Bosh is only 29 years old. He's very versatile. He's learned to knock down some threes as well as being one of the best mid-range jump shooters already as for a big man in the NBA. He's going to have to be that go-to guy, but Chris Bosh is signing on. He likes it with the heat, and he's ready to take on that challenge. He hasn't yet turned 30, so in my opinion, when I talked about this before, I know a lot of other of you guys out there, if you didn't believe this, you got to be a little bit delusional. There's going to be some money in terms of these big men. Just look at how much money Martian Gortat got. We talked about that last week in the show with Sports Day in the D. Chris Bosch is going to be a guy that's going to get max money because he's a big, he's versatile, and he can put the ball in the hole. So there's no denying that five-year $118 million for Chris Bosch and if you're Miami, as far as you're concerned, you got to find a way to come back from under of what the fallout's going to be of not having LeBron James. Chris Bosh is a pretty good signing. Yes, that's a lot of money, but that's what you got to pay for when you want to get somebody of that talent that's a big. That just goes with the territory. As far as the other moves that have happened, Paul Gasol is officially coming to the Chicago Bulls. There's not sure yet on what the terms are going to be. I'm not sure if they were just undisclosed or if they haven't come out yet, but Pau Gasol is coming home. It would have been more interesting if Carmelo Anthony signed with the Chicago Bulls because then you had Melo and Pau Gasol and maybe a healthy Derrick Rose, and that might be one of those teams that can go ahead and combat LeBron James in Cleveland. Chicago still could be one of these teams to go ahead and do that even without a Derrick Rose. They won't beat Cleveland, but they're definitely going to make the playoffs and Cleveland might end up matching up against the Bulls because the Bulls are a good defensive team. Tom Thibodeau gives every ounce of effort and ability out of the guys in the defensive end. He's a very good coach. The Bulls will be there in the playoffs with or without Derrick Rose, but they would have been much better if they had Carmelo, Anthony, and Rose. But Paul Gasol is not a bad signing. I'm just not sure on what the terms are yet. As far as the other trades going down, the Rockets traded away Jeremy Lynn to the Lakers. The Lakers picked up his contract just for one season and acquire a first-round pick in the process. This is a good move for the Lakers, just like how it was a good move for Celtics in the previous trade that we talked about. The Lakers signed Swaggy P, Nick Young, for four years, $21.5 million. That's a lot of money for Nick Young, and he is a bit of a knucklehead, but he's the guy that can really put the ball in the basket and get hot in a hurry. Nick Young is going to score some points, and when you got Kobe Bryant, Nick Young, and Jeremy Lin, you're going to have some entertainment. Whether or not that entertainment's going to get into basketball, NBA wins remains to be seen but the Lakers are trying to get themselves in a good move and then work themselves in after Lynn's contract comes off the books to get somebody like a Kevin Durant to maybe keep Kobe Bryant have Nick Young have some other heads turn to try to get the Lakers to be the top team in the LA besides the Clippers. Did the Rockets crap out? They got rid of Omar Ashik to get some more money for free agency to try to get Chris Bosch as the Sheik went to the Pelicans. That did not happen. Isaiah Thomas goes to the Suns via a sign-and-trade. No, not the original Isaiah Thomas, the new one. He goes to the Suns from the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings, in my opinion, They signed Darren Collison. Why on earth would they do that when they had Isaiah Thomas that was a better player in that position? I don't know. But the Suns get Isaiah Thomas. Do they already have enough point guards in Eric Bledsoe and Goran Dragic? Now they had Isaiah Thomas. I'm not sure, but that is definitely an insurance policy. Gordon Hayward, the four-year, $63 million offer sheet that was given from the the New Orleans Pelicans, that is going to be matched by the Utah Jazz. The four-year, sixty-three million Hayward is going to stay put in Utah. With the Jeremy Lin trade that we just talked about, when Houston will Chandler Parsons' three-year, forty-six million dollar offer sheet be matched by the Houston Rockets? I'm not so sure. Trevor Ariza just signed with the Rockets for a four-year deal worth $32 million. Now, since Chris Bosch didn't get the four-years $88 million from Houston, that could still leave the Rockets enough money to sign Chandler Parsons and match that offer sheet that was given by the Mavs. We'll see what happens. Because if you got a Ariza at the three, that means that you're going to have to play Chandler Parsons as a stretch four. Will the Houston Rockets want to do that? Will the Houston Rockets ever go after a point guard? Maybe they should have done that with Rondo. We talked about that on the last show when they could have traded some picks to get Rondo to match them with Howard and Harden. They didn't go ahead and do that, but that's what ended up happening. Now Chandler Parsons may be the stretch four for the Houston Rockets because Trevor Ariza signed the four-year, $32 million deal to go to Houston and make a return. <clears throat> Just like Ron Artest, same kind of player at the time. But now Ron Artest, middle of world piece, not nearly as good on defense. This was a guy that was traded the first time from the Lakers, Trevor Ariza. And now Trevor Ariza in that same defensive mold as Ron Artest was in Houston. He comes to Houston. So that's an interesting move for the Rockets. We'll see what they do with Chandler Parsons. As the rest of these free agency moves, let me break it down to you like this, and then we'll get into some rumors, and then we'll take another break. The free agency moves made so far, just in case to get you guys all caught up, I think we could do this well and do this in one place. We'll start it this way. The Pacers signed Lavoie Allen for a year. He's a good playoff performer and a good backup player at the power forward position. One year, terms undisclosed. The Pacers also signed CJ Miles four years, eighteen million dollars, and uh Damian Rudez, the sharpshooter, three years, terms undisclosed. They took a flyer on Shane Whittington, the one year r- rookie minimum. The Pacers don't have that much money to throw around because they're trying to figure out what's going on with Lance Stevenson. Those are the most of the Pacers. Talking about what the Celtics got in that haul, they signed Avery Bradley for four years, thirty-two million dollars. That might be a lot of money, 8 mil a year for Avery Bradley, but he is a defensive stopper. We'll see if he can build into a more offensive playmaker and a shot maker. The Spurs made some moves as well. They re up Boris Diaw, 3 years, $23 million to fit that passing role and bring what the Spurs want. He's had a little bit of a resurgence since he's been in Phoenix. Patty Mills, 3 years, $12 million. The Kings signed Darren Collison, questionably in my opinion, three years, $60 million. They already had Isaiah Thomas. The Clippers, I think these are good signings for them. Jordan Farmer, two years, $4.2 million. Spencer Hawes, four years, $23 million. You get a guy that's an insurance policy for Chris Paul and Jordan Farmer, on the cheap. And Spencer Hawes can be one of those versatile bigs that can go ahead and spread the floor. Because Byron Mullins didn't work out in Clippers when he was there and he was moved. The Magic, these are a bit of the head scratchers. Channing Fry, four years, $32 million for Channing Fry, $8 million a year. And Ben Gordon, two years, $9 million. What does that mean for the magic? Channing Frye, yeah, he's got a soft touch, but he can't do much more than shoot threes. And Ben Gordon hasn't been efficient since he's been in Charlotte, hasn't been efficient when he was in Detroit, hasn't been good since he's been in the Chicago Bulls. And what does that do with the uh, backcourt guys that you just signed, the rookies and stuff and for the magic? Ben Gordon and Channing Fry, head scratchers, in my opinion. Wizards, talked about this in the last show, Martian Gortat, five years, $60 million. The Heat signed Danny Granger, two years, $4.2 million. Josh McRoberts, four years, $23 million. The Mavericks signed Devin Harris, three years, $12 million. Dirk Nowitzki, three years, $30 We already recounted that prior trade that sent Tyson Chandler back to the Mavericks along with Raymond Felton. We're going to see whether or not Raymond Felton's going to get as much playing time with the Devin Harris new deal because he's still got to work out some issues in court. And there was just a host of second-round players including Shane Larkin and some other shooters that were in there that went to the Knicks. The Blazers signed Chris Cayman. The Cayman Islands is making a return to Portland. Two years, $10 million. The Golden State Warriors, Sean Livingston, three years, $16 million. Good backup signing there for Steph Curry to give him a blow. Raptors, I thought one of the best signings besides Dirk Nowitzki for the Mavs, they re signed Kyle Lowry, did the Raptors. Four years, $48 million. To have one of the best point guards in the league. Top 10 in my opinion very efficient, and a good price. Patrick Patterson, three years, $18 million. We talked about the possibility of waiving Steve Novak for the Raptors because that was some money that can come off the books. They were able to do that and get a second-round pick. The Hawks, got Thabo, Cephalosha, three years, $12 million. You might say four mil is a lot for Cephalosha, but for a guy being a defensive stopper, I think he can handle that contract. The Thunder, Couldn't really do too much. They signed Sebastian Telfair, who's bounced around. Was that Vince Carter's cousin, I believe that was, or Tracy McGrady's cousin? One-year veteran minimum. Anthony Morrow, three years. The sharpshooter, $10 million. Hornets sign number one overall pick Marvin Williams. I think it was a top three pick for the Atlanta Hawks first-round pick. Two years, $14 million. Can he make a resurgence to his career? He hasn't been able to do too much. Those are all of your free agency moves that have happened. The Pistons, if you're even interested, they signed Cartier Martin, D-League legend, and Jody Meeks to a three-year deal, worth $19 million, formerly from the Los Angeles Lakers. Rumors on the horizon. All those moves I mentioned were official. Rumors on the horizon. Lance Stevenson still available. Pacers still very far apart on Lance Stevenson. Will he come to Dallas? That might be more of an intrigue move if Chandler Parsons' offer sheet isn't matched by the Houston Rockets from the Mavs. Is Luol Dang on the move to the Miami Heat? They need to desperately replace LeBron James. That's the latest rumors coming in on Dang as then he's in his move to South Beach. And Kevin Love, as we talked about that in the beginning of the show, will he come to Cleveland to play with LeBron James? He's very intrigued to do so, but it's whether or not how much the Minnesota Timberwolves are asking for is too much as far as Cleveland is concerned because they're going to have to get rid of Andrew Wiggins possibly. If they can do without that, maybe just get rid of Bennett or Waiters, maybe both of those guys, keep... Verjau, Wiggins and have LeBron, in my opinion, that's a good start. So is Kevin Love on his move to Cleveland? Maybe you'll be thinking about that on next week's show when I get back in with you. When we come back in from the break, we're gonna talk a little bit of Tigers, talk a little bit of Pistons, and I'll break down what's coming up on next week and future edition shows of Sports Day in the D. This is Jonathan, come back in from the break. John Ott, Sports Day in the D, welcoming you back in. It is the July 12, 2014 show. We're going to be closing it out here as we're talking about the rest of the NBA free agency, the Tigers news, what's upcoming with the Pistons, and also what's upcoming on the future shows of Sports Day in the D. And I just wanted to bring it like this. In terms of the pondering the division question, in terms of the Detroit Pistons. I talked about the signing of Cartier Martin and Jody Meeks. And frankly, that's just a bag of basketballs as far as I'm concerned that can probably shoot some threes. Whether that is what it is. So, you have LeBron James coming back to Cleveland. You have Chicago Bulls. They get Pau Gasol. And whether or not Pau is on his last legs, that's still better than any big that the Pistons have besides Andre Drummond. And maybe Derrick Rose will come back healthy and with or without The Bulls are still a better team than the Pistons, and you might laugh, but in terms of the Milwaukee Bucks, they're a team that's going to be a little bit better in terms of having Brandon Knight, who certainly seems like he's better than Brandon Jennings, and having the second pick in the draft and Jabari Parker, they definitely got more talent, as well as Chris Middleton they let go that was shooting some shots and doing pretty well for the Milwaukee Bucks. And now I did not forget about the Indiana Pacers. That was supposed to be the team that was going to go ahead and dethrone the Miami Heat and stop them from getting their next title. The Spurs was the team to be able to do that, but the Pacers were just in so much flux and turmoil that they weren't able to get the job done. So you got three teams in the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Milwaukee Bucks that are all better than the Pistons And then you also have the Cavs in terms of that with LeBron James. So all four teams are better. And imagine what would happen if Carmelo Anthony signed with the Chicago Bulls in terms of all that. Because if you're the Pistons, you'd be looking at that if Carmelo was there and you'd be saying, my God, even without Derrick Rose, let's say he wasn't healthy, we'd have no chance. But if they had a healthy D. Rose and Carmelo with Pau Gasol, The Pistons would be sweating bullets, and then you got LeBron coming back in there. You got the Pacers, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and an improved Milwaukee team. You could theoretically say, if Carmelo was there on the Bulls, that that division is one of the best divisions in basketball, let alone the second best division in basketball. So the Pistons are easily not going to win this division for the next 10 seasons. I can go ahead and throw my money out there because they go, Oh my God, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah, laugh it up. But I'll just go ahead and throw my money out there and say that the Pistons won't win the division in the next 10 seasons, not until LeBron James retires. I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out there see if everyone jumps on that bandwagon. The Tigers news. The game is official. Rick Porcello once again dominant. The Tigers beat the Kansas City Royals 5-1. to Porcello goes 7 innings, only gives up one run. The Tigers have a humongous lead in the division right now. They are seven and a half games up with a record of 53-37. and Their best record right now so far this season for the Tigers. So, the last game against Kansas City is going to be tomorrow in this series. If the Tigers win they will be eight and a half games up. If the Tigers lose, they will be six and a half games up. Either way, that is a humongous lead going into the All-Star break. And the Tigers, as far as I'm concerned, they have not even lost in Kansas City this year. They are a perfect six for six right now. They're going to be playing their seventh game of the final series in tomorrow before the All-Star game. The Tigers have already gotten it done so far in terms of this half of the season leading into the All-Star break because they have taken a pivotal three out of four games already with the possibility of the fourth game tomorrow as the series ends leading into the All-Star break. They could at least be six and a half games up and at most be eight and a half games up. That is a huge lead and a good job for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I don't like the fact that they're only 25 and 22 at home, but I love the fact that they're 28-15 and on the road. That's a very good road record, and that's how you get it done. The Tigers, Rick Porcello has been absolutely ridiculously good, and he's still proving that he's been one of the Tigers' best pitchers, if not the best pitcher, behind Anibal Sanchez this season right now. Good stuff. Justin Verlander might have regressed a little bit, but... Rick Porcello's look to have progressed that much more, and that's very impressive. And by the way, the Tigers have been doing all of this without Victor Martinez. As far as your Tigers lineup looks in the All-Star game, Miguel Cabrera, I believe, is the only starter. He will be at first base. Max Scherzer and Ian Kinsler will also be there. No word on Tory Hunter or anything else. Victor Martinez is going to be there, but he's not going to play. So you will have Cabrera, Martinez, Victor Martinez will be there, but he won't play. Max Scherzer and then Ian Kinsler is in there. So the Tigers have been doing very well in terms of what's coming out in future shows of Sports Day in the D, as we're going to be closing out this week's show. I know this is a quick one, But I got a uh, graduation to go to tomorrow, my cousin's graduation, and it's also going to be my uh, grandma's birthday. So I got a lot of stuff going on. So I wanted to get you guys a good show with enough information and enough real stuff to be able to listen to and not just rumors that it's important to me to be able to have to at least wait these couple of days. I know we're still waiting on whether or not... Luol Deng is going to be moving, whether or not Lance Stevenson is going to be moving, but all of the main dominoes have fallen so far. There's still a few other pieces. Whether or not Greg Monroe is going to fall, that's also going to be one of those ones that we will hear. But in future editions of this show, we will be talking about the Detroit Tigers after the All-Star break, as it's going to be the main, main source of news going in and going forward in terms of all that because the NBA free agency We'll be nearing at the end by the time you come back and you listen to me and I'll bring you the new show. But what's coming up on Sports Day in the D? We're going to do a full breakdown of the Destiny experience. I was one of the lucky ones that played the Alpha when that stuff was going on during E3 on the PlayStation 4 for Destiny and that was great. Well the beta is going to be on July 17th on a Thursday. This will be your last chance to go to GameStop or purchase it via the store for PlayStation or Xbox One because those are going to be on the same day. The 360 and PS3, the other consoles will be the following week of the 24th. But the 17th will mark the Destiny beta. So get your code quickly. It's going to run out. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be on this beta. I know for a fact that we're going to have the beta from Thursday till Monday. So get my experiences as far as what the beta has brought and what Destiny is going to bring. This is going to be one of the biggest game releases of the year. And you will get my take on the beta. The alpha was very, very well polished. I'm not so certain that the beta is just going to be new areas. I don't know how much more polish they can do. It's just going to be new areas with the more competitive multiplayer and all of that stuff. But you'll get my experience on the Destiny beta as well as the latest Tigers news coming in with the next edition of Sports Day in the D. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is the July 12th show of 2014. John out here with it from Sports Day in the D. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening.